Good evening. Oh my gosh, I have a story to tell you. Oh, go ahead. This is like a mystery that has been bothering me for like the past week. Okay. So I went downtown to go see the Fed Cup. The tennis match was happening in downtown Asheville. And I parked at the uh, Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. and was walked over to go see this tennis match. And I come back and it's like a cold, windy, wintry day. And it's a quiet, fairly empty parking lot. And it's windy and cold. And nobody else is around in this parking lot. It's just me. It's entirely empty. And this fucking bubble. Just one bubble. Like somebody had blown bubbles. No other bubbles. Just one bubble. One bubble. <laughs> and it goes floating slowly by me. And I and I just stopped and like looked around and was like, are there any like follow-up bubbles? Like I never see like one bubble in the wild. Mm-hmm. There was one bubble in the wild. Was there was anyone like, around? No one. There was no one anywhere near me. There was just a bubble floating. Uh, yeah. And I was Ugh. like, is this a David Lynch situation? <laughs> like, is it? That's fascinating. Like, one bubble uh-huh. just floating by. Just randomly going by. At night, right? <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was at dusk. And it oh. was just, but it was windy. Ooh. And so you'd think it wouldn't be as casually. It, it, maybe it was a lone survivor of somebody blowing bubbles in the neighborhood. I don't I, know. I guess. I was like, is there a sign? Like, is something trying to tell me something? I don't know. Mm. It, it creeped me out. And I yeah, got in my car and I was creepy. like, should I be driving? Should I not? Like, was that a sign to not drive? Do we need to that... go buy champagne? Yeah. Like, what is what does one bubbles. single bubble mean? Oh. Like, you got to be more specific if you're trying to tell me something, universe. Like, one bubble doesn't tell me shit. <laughs> That's, yeah. Wow. The one bubble. Just one in bubble. In the Chamber of Commerce parking lot. So, I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. Good to see you. How you been? Oh, you know, I'm haunted by a haunted bubble. Haunted by bubbles. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> just ghost bubbles just ghost bubbles yeah it's good to be back in town i was out of town for work for a few days and uh now i'm back and i feel good i got a call so i got a call a few weeks ago from my brother who asked what i was doing on this this past weekend he was like what are you doing i'm like well i don't have any plans what's up he said i've entered my daughter which is my niece in a baby racing contest <laughs> or a, a baby race and i'm like a baby race what on the like? I'm thinking on the ice. Is this like are you torturing kids? Are there a bunch of kids on the ice? Just throw some babies on yeah, the ice. The, see what race them. There we go. And uh, as it turned out, we we went down, spent the night with them, went to the hockey game on Sunday, and yeah, they put this rug out with like a start and a finish line, and they have like you know some, someone holding a baby on one on one side, and then someone on the other side to like cheer them on to come to them, and they just you know there's a guy on the ice with a microphone. He's like, "Everybody, let's go! Ready, set, go!" And the babies start crawling across the ice. Like on well, these on the, little on the rug. rugs. You, yeah. have, you have baby racing rugs. And people cheering. Yeah, I was just like, wow. And Well, my unfortunately, my niece did not win. She looked adorable. She was the most adorable of, uh, of the babies crawling. So she, she had at least style in yeah. baby racing. I love that the kids were just like, I don't know what's going on. There's, some of them were like making a break for it. Like their moms were on the other side. Like, what? They're coming for them really fast. Other babies were just like, wow, I'm in an arena <laughs> on ice. <laughs> and uh, people are cheering. What, were they just like babies in diapers? Were they? No, they had clothes. Uh, okay. But th- th- that's what's funny. They were they were supposed to be able to just crawl. What I thought was like crawling babies, and then like the second race. So my unfortunately my niece did not qualify for the next race. Yeah. So the second race there was a a child who stood up <laughs> and like took three steps, and people were like losing it. Like no, what are you doing? Almost like cheating. I'm like, it's yeah. a baby, guys. Calm down. We're going to test him for PEDs later. Yeah, like, look at this baby go. I don't think that baby won. I think it did what, I guess, typical babies do when they're learning to walk. It was like standing, kind of looking around, like doing the wobble. I Yeah, I'd never been to a baby race before. Well, I'd never been to a baby race, period, but not one on ice. So 
I did not. Fun. I did not know that baby racing on ice was a thing. I didn't either until my brother I don't even know me. if it is a thing. Maybe it's just like a Knoxville thing. It might be a Knoxville. It might be a an Eastern Tennessee thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> babies on ice. <laughs> babies on ice. Yeah, on a rug, on a magic carpet, on ice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I did. That's I got to witness that, and we hit us a good old time. To me, hockey. I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. Um. I still. I probably. I don't want to mean. What am I saying? Probably. I'm not going to watch it on TV. I've tried. I like. I there was a time in my life where I'm like, I love sports. I'm going to watch all all the sports I can, and I would like watch like tennis, basketball, baseball, football. Then hockey would come on, and I'm like, try really trying. Like, oh, I I can't. I mean, I, on TV in person, that was a whole. It changed my life. I was like, this is amazing. Like, because I, I can follow the puck and I'm watching it happen. The whole thing. But for some reason on TV, I just couldn't get into it. It's just one of those sports that doesn't translate well yeah. to TV. Do you remember years ago Fox tried to do the thing of like the, the the flashy they yeah, like put like the, the, the track the puck, the puck, the puck had track like a tail, like, like yeah. oh, that's an interesting take on it. I don't know how long that lasted, but really uh, not very long. But it's, it, I'm still it's seeing them in person because we we're right on the ice for this game last weekend. It's, it's taking it in like these guys are skating on ice and still like able to coordinate. Hitting this puck, being physical, like knocking each other over, um, it's it's impressive really to see it that up close. Like, oh, wow, they're killing it. Yeah, they're impressive species. <laughs> I don't know if we're the same one, but yeah. I'm impressed in their what they are. But I I still yeah I don't understand the strategies no. involved. <laughs> I don't, that's a good point. I don't either. Like watching, like what's the play here? Are they what are they doing? I know they're trying to get in the net, but yeah, that's uh, I know, I know hit puck hard. Yeah, skate, aim, skate, skate, go, skate, stop, aim for net, hit person hit puck <laughs> and i'm sure if i understood like the nuances a little bit more i might might get into it but because i don't understand the nuances i just mm. well you and i are big sports fans we're, yeah. we're we we talk sports all the time a uh, funny story hmm. on tuesday night i went to top golf oh yeah uh, yeah my first experience doing that where you're just hitting balls at targets i'm terrible and it's one of those things that I have said in the past to people that golf. I'm like, I'm not really good. I don't really like it because I'm, I'm just really, I'm really bad. Um, but I'm, I'm like really bad. Now, I've, I've seen people say things about sports like, oh, I'm, a, I'm not a really, I'm a terrible golfer, but they're killing it. They're actually okay. I was like missing the ball when I'm, I'm like swinging at the air. Um, I got into the wrong target. So for a good like seven or eight balls, I had negative two points. <laughs> And it's like, it's the pressure starts getting to you. It's like, oh my God. And you know, people I'm with are like, wow, he's got, I can hear him like negative points. Like, oh my God, that's really bad. And I think I fin, I, I was actually gifted by a colleague. Uh, she went into the machine and it gave me like 10 points. So then I was like, ah, I have 10 points. Cool. And over the course of the next few balls, I kept getting the negative. So I finished with four points. <laughs> you managed to lose all of those. Points. I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is so terrible. I have no athletic skills at all as somebody who loves sports i cannot sport yeah. like i i uh remember bowling one time and uh my friend's like you you can't seriously actually be this bad like you have you have to actually have some skill and i was like no i don't and i ended up having to aim for the lane next door <laughs> as if i was trying to bowl in the lane next to ours and that oh. was the only way i could keep, i like would bowl a 36 and that was that was my high oh, score. Wow. Everybody else is getting like 150 or something, and I got I got nine gutter balls in a row. I don't sport. I love talking about sports. Mm -hmm. I love watching sports. I do not sport. Yeah, um, I bowled a 42 once. Oh, yeah, we should definitely yeah. be in a league it's, together. Uh, same thing. They're like, you should, are you playing? I was like, I don't want to. I don't really want to play. Oh, come on! And it, the same people that are like, please play, are like later 
you're bad. I'm like, I, do you, do you know why I'm sitting down? I don't want to do this. I'm terrible. Yeah. And then like, yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I have been I don't so know. confused all these years. But anyway, uh, I'm Sarah Spooner. I'm Wes Waking. Welcome to Just the Tipple Podcast, episode two. Episode two. What are we talking about today? We are talking about moonshine. <gasps> White lightning. Mountain Dew. Hooch. White whiskey. A lot of names for it. A lot of history involved with this one. A lot of present day things going on with this one. So uh, I, I will fully confess that I was, I, I proposed this episode um, thinking it was going to be a lot funnier than I think it's going to end up being. Like, mm. I thought we would do moonshine just to... Moonshine. Moonshine. And yeah. then um, I, it turns out that I had a lot of stereotypes in right. my mind. Yeah. And I, they kind of Yeah, they kind of got shattered when I was researching this. But as as loyal listeners are aware... When we talk about a drink, we have to drink that drink. So that's oh. the part I wasn't looking forward to. On yeah, this yeah that's what scared me too. Uh, when we were talking about ep- episodes, future episodes, and we talked about moonshine, I cringed up a little bit. I have to admit, I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna be frightening." And here we are. We're doing it. Um, I spent a lot of years just afraid of it. Like I was just afraid of moonshine, afraid yeah. to drink it. I just, again, it's probably having to do with the stereotype of just um, hearing about, oh, if you make it wrong, you'll go blind, or which is actually true. <laughs> uh, not not a stereotype, but how strong it was really like how strong moonshine can be and the you know the fact that you could you get it in a jar without a label usually yeah we should say that we are recording this in western north carolina yes and western north carolina is very much known for that moonshine culture which if you don't know western north carolina borders with Eastern Tennessee, also known for moonshine, moonshine, and West Parts Virginia, Virginia. And, and West Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah, we got we got all of it right here. And Appalachian Mountains. When yeah. I when I first moved to Asheville, I was working at this property up north of Asheville, mm-hmm. and I worked with a guy who had he was fourth, fifth, sixth generation Western North Carolina, and he was very traditional Southern Baptist man. Like when we got in his truck, we would have to rearrange the loaded handguns that were just all over the inside <laughs> oh. of his truck. Like they were, he had an arsenal in his truck and we'd have to move them around in order to get mm. in the truck. And he was firmly against drinking and dancing and everything. Like he was footloose as an individual. Oh my gosh. The man made the greatest moonshine. Mm. And we were like, you don't drink, but you make moonshine. And he's like, daggum right. It's family tradition. But it's it was family tradition. It's something his family had been doing for generations, and he was carrying it on. He was carrying it on, oh. even if he judged us heavily for drinking it. <laughs> that is funny to think about. And we like buy it from him, and then he'd judge us. We're like, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Gosh, uh, currently we have in our hands we're drinking some stuff uh, you can buy at the local ABC store here. Liquor store. Liquor store, and it's 125 proof. That's 62.5 alcohol. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so wow. we are we have a smattering of moonshines that we'll be trying. We have some that are commercially made. Mm-hmm. You can buy them in the store. Um, and then we a- have quite a few that are uh, <laughs> supplied to us. We somehow got a hold of that are uh, made elsewhere. Yeah. We don't ask a whole lot of questions That's about right. them. That's right. I'm going to stop right there. But they do come in, in various jars or random bottles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess we should say what moonshine is. Oh, yeah. Before we get ahead of ourselves and start uh, putting it in our faces. What? What, what is moonshine? That's a slang term for high-proof distilled spirits originally. Ooh. And usually produced illicitly without government authorization. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, like it's usually any kind of alcohol. Well, it's, it's any kind of alcohol, usually whiskey or rum, that is made in secret to avoid high taxes or outright bans on alcoholic drinks. And yeah. mostly what we drink as moonshine is unaged corn liquor. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty much when we talk about when moonshine. We talk about, yeah. 
in the U.S., uh, what we are, are talking about is unaged corn liquor. And there are some that are made with rye and with barleys, but predominantly moonshine is corn-based. Mm-hmm. And it is, as soon as it, it is distilled, it is bottled, and that is sold. It is, you can take moonshines and actually age them. And what aging does, usually for like whiskeys and stuff, mm-hmm. mostly what we're aging in is charred white oak barrels. And that will mellow all those harsh flavors, mellow that kick that moonshine has. Like moonshine is not subtle. There is nothing subtle or smooth about nope. moonshine. It is like getting donkey kicked in the throat. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm going to come up with a lot of similes of what moonshine feels like, but there's nothing subtle about it. You're not aging it. You're not trying to refine the flavor at all. You are making it and then selling it. Do you know where the term moonshine comes from? No, please tell me. It was originally a verb, moonshining, referring to do, like any job or activity done late at night. Okay. So when you're moonshining, you're doing this. To avoid the authorities to hide. Oh. So, yeah. So you're making it by the light of the moon. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where that comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, so the way, like, the way moonshine's made, um, usually, historically, it was a copper still. Mm-hmm. And you would have basically kind of three different sections of it. You have the copper still, which had you build a fire under and get it nice. And copper conducts heat. Mm-hmm. that's why it's copper and so you put in your mash which is like your cornmeal grind up all your corn yeast sugar and hot water and you kind of let it all sit and get happy if you ever home brewed it's kind of a similar thing in that way and you get let it all get happy and then you start heating it up very slowly and the alcohol will evaporate faster than water and so at the very top of the still is just a little spout and it'll come out the spout and it goes into something optionally called a thump keg and moonshiners are known for their subtlety in naming things. And it was called a thump keg because if they caught up with any of the mash and it went into the thump keg, you'd hear a thump from the mash falling oh. to the bottom. Uh, but <laughs> Makes it's also, sense. Yeah, it's, they're, they're very subtle about that one. But it's also a way of adding more alcohol to it, like filling it with more already distilled alcohol so it can pick up more alcohol that way. And then it finally goes into what's called the worm box. And the worm box has the famous coil that's used in moonshine, which is like a copper tubing that's been made into a coil. And you would uh, divert a creek or stream historically, mm-hmm. just use cold water or whatever, and, and have it filled with cold water and have the tube uh, sitting in the cold water. And so your steam comes back in, your steam of alcohol comes in and goes in through the tube and that cold water rapidly cools it so it becomes liquid again. And so at the end of that process uh, is where you have moonshine. And so it's just those three parts. And really, you're only distilling with cornmeal, sugar, yeast, and water. And that's all you need to, to make moonshine. And, of course, it's, it's something you can do at home. It was something you could do back in the woods. It can be all different shapes and sizes. There's some people who have what are called column distills or tower distills. Yeah. Uh, traditional moonshiners will tell you they're full of shit. But I'm not a moonshiner, so I have no opinion on that. Yeah, I'm also not a moonshiner. Neither of us are moonshiners. Please don't come for us, IRS. Yeah, sorry. All right. What should we talk about next? Um, do you drink moonshine? Are you, a, are, you, are you a moonshine fan? I don't know if I would say fan of moonshine. I don't, I don't know if um, fan is the right word. I uh, have a jar of moonshine in my freezer mm-hmm. at all times because I also live in western North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I think you get kicked out if you don't have a jar of yeah. moonshine. We, have a mar- we also at home have a jar of moonshine. You know, I think it, it has its place. And that place is maybe once or twice a year. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, 
while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to pull out the jar oh. that I brought from the house. And I just want to, yeah, on that note, notice how much has gone from it. Oh, next how long have you none. had that? <laughs> For a few years, there's oh. dust on the top. You moved with that. Yeah. It, gosh, it might be like a quarter of an inch from, like, of it gone from the jar. That is a, um, that is a, a ball sizable jar, jar. with uh, no label and a silver top. And it's, it's oh, a boy. tall ball jar. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. a small one. It's, it's tall. not a small one. That's <laughs> not like a... It's not a, a quart jar. And it was it was a gift. It was given yeah. to us. And I was like, thank you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. And mine was also a gift. And it's one of those that you don't really... I don't remember who gave it to me or why I have it, but I have had it for a long time. And and Moonshine is known for its bite. Like, that yes. is what it's kind of designed for. Is that They call it the kick. Mm-hmm. And it is a, a kick. And so you can do some flavors and stuff that kind of hide that, but... Yeah, I mean, as I've been sipping this stuff we have in our glasses, I, I do, I make a face because I'm just like, whoa, it's warm. Whoa. Mm. I think, I think I'm ready to try an illicit one. All right. Um, also, I'm going to pull out of the, uh, the box. I've got one. There's not a lot. It's another ball jar at a silver top and it has a label I cannot read. There's uh, some yellow writing on it. I oh. think this is pineapple flavored. <laughs> um, we'll no, post, no, no we'll post pictures of these labels <laughs> on our Instagram. And here's a red label. Like label again. This is a smudge of paint on <laughs> oh top my God, of the it jar. It's just like a smudge of paint. Uh, I don't know what this is. This is about half full, and half I have. Um, That's a pint size. What the hell is that? This is a plastic bottle. <laughs> it's uh, it's apple pie. Also has some writing. It's I can't read that. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's uh, apples floating in it. It looks like a like an iced tea bottle from the gas station. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's all it's it's right here. It's wow. So, I, I, I receive these pieces in a um, like a grocery bag with a broken handle. It only so has one it handle. It only has one handle. So there's that. I wanted to bring that. Um, Wes, Wes showed up tonight with a box and was just like, I'm not going to open this. You have to just, yeah, we have to you wait. Have to just wait. So yeah, I'm looking at a table full of uh, illicit and legal moonshines. I'm, I'm excited to try some of that. Uh, I have to say, I've tried a lot of flavors over the years, and apple pie is by far my favorite. Oh, apple pie. Love apple pie. I, I'm trying to decide if I save apple pie for the end or if I like... Let me reward myself with some apple pie. Would you Would you pour me some apple pie? I, do you which, which 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 one do you want? Do you want uh, the legal or the illegal? The legal or the illegal? We'll say that. Actually, let's call it artisanal or mm. industry. Industry or artisanal. Yeah. I'll Whoa. have some of the uh, artisanal. Whoa! All right. Pour this. I don't know what the proof is. That's the other fun thing about artisanal moonshine. There's like oh spices in there. It smells like apple pie. Let's go like back it to actually does smell exactly like apple pie. I'll pour myself some. I haven't tried it yet. I was gonna wait for you. Oh yeah, cool. I'm gonna. Ready? Yeah, cheers. Here we go. Down the hatch. See, that one I would drink. Ooh, that's good. It's... I actually hadn't had it before now. I was going to wait. That's tasty. That is really I'm going to have to hide this. That's really yummy. Like, it actually tastes exactly like an apple pie. Oh, it does. Like, it doesn't have a wow. bite to it at all. That's That goes down easy. Mm. No, uh, I mean, oh, there's definitely alcohol in it. There's but... definitely alcohol in that. Wow, that's really good. Anyway. Next. One of the things we were talking about moonshine there's so many stereotypes attached to it mm-hmm. one of the things i wanted to get out of the way is why moonshine exists yeah because i think if you don't live in the south or you haven't been around a lot of moonshine even if you do live here you don't have an understanding of kind of where it came from you kind of have like a prohibition era people from the sticks making moonshine idea and that's actually not where it comes from yeah unfortunately you, you see like the corn cob pipe the overalls big straw hat or i don't know like yeah. big beard Guy wearing, yeah, no shirt and overalls kind of look. <laughs> yeah, no shirt and overalls kind of look, yeah. Yeah, they, they have kind of the um, deliverance idea of what moonshine is. And that's not the case, or not fully the case. Mm-hmm. Because 
like when the U.S. was was being created, when we were settling uh, America, the Scotch-Irish were the ones who kind of settled in Appalachia. So Western Pennsylvania, all the way down to North Carolina, and then West to what is like Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, that area. So just kind of draw that whole region. And that's kind of where the Scotch-Irish settled. Mm. And they brought with them whiskey. That makes sense. Yeah, you of course. Bring what you what you know, and they would they would have they would age it, and they would also have it uh, unaged. Uh, and it was a form of currency because, like, what we have is cash and gold and stuff like that. That was pretty much only in cities and towns. Like that didn't really leave town. So people who lived in the country, people who lived far away from cities, didn't deal in cash. They didn't have a cash society at all. They was it was predominantly a barter system. And so whiskey was one of it was a it was a currency mm. as much as it was something that you consumed. It was a currency. And so you'd have farmers who have these small little enclaves up in the mountains and let's say you grow corn to take that corn and then pile it all in your wagon and get it to town and sell it, it's perishable, that's a whole lot to transport, and it doesn't have a high price point. So you're only getting maybe a 15%, 20% profit margin. Mm. If you take that corn and you distill it, you suddenly have a whole lot less to transport, it's shelf-stable, it's not going to go bad, mm. and you're dealing with a 60% profit margin. Yeah. So you're, you're going to make, like, one of the moonshiners, I was reading an interview with an old moonshiner, and he said that distilling whiskey, you would have a better profit margin than corn and tobacco combined. Really? To give you an idea of wow, yeah. yeah, the price point that you'd get for this, and, that, and that's kind of been the way it's been for for quite a long time. The the small farmers in the backcountry would distill, and that was the money that fed their families until we get to 1791. Oh, you, you, you talk about the whiskey rebellion. I'm going to talk about the whiskey rebellion, and I'm going to talk about Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> and I'm going to do my best to not sing. I'm gonna, I th- I, my mind went there too. Yeah, it's going to be very <laughs> difficult for me to not break into song during this. Please cheer me on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be difficult. Because we're going into 1791, and the American Revolution has ended. We have attempted the Articles of Confederation. We failed at the Articles of Confederation. We have now moved on to the Constitution. So we have a big, stronger, centralized federal government. That's kind of the idea of the Constitution. And with the revolution being over, the country is poor like the federal government's poor so hamilton has convinced the government to assume state debts so he's like i'm not going to quote it i'm not going to quote it but he has gotten so like all of all of the 13 colonies their debts are all consolidated into one account and that gives you like i don't know leverage in terms of of how you're paying back your debts and and what kind of credit you can have with having that debt and so instead of like georgia having some debt and New York having some debt. It's all one national debt. But it's a shit ton of money. Mm. And Alexander Hamilton is a dick. He's Bastard. a giant dick. Son of a bitch. He's a giant dick. So one of the ways he comes up with an idea to pay back this giant debt is to start a tax on whiskey. Not on the people purchasing whiskey, the people who are making whiskey. Ooh. Yeah. Dick move, Thanks. Hamilton. <laughs> and wow. so he... He's also doing it twofold. Like, it's to pay back this debt, but it's also to, like, assert the authority of the federal government to be like, bitch, we're in charge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're going to do... And it's the very first tax that they set as a government. The very first one. Very first. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're a country. First thing we're going to do, tax your booze. (laughs) And it's definitely, like, a... 
yeah, it's just an asshole move by people in the city, and it is uh, disproportionately affecting small farmers in Appalachia. And so, like, for large producers of liquor, the annual tax rate was about six cents per gallon, and they would get tax breaks if they made more. And for small producers, like your regular farmer, it was nine cents per gallon, and it could only be paid in cash. And they don't deal in cash. They don't have cash. And so, oh, it goes into another giant dick move. These are double dick moves. So people who fought and worked for the federal government during the revolution, you know, fought for America becoming America and everything else. The government didn't have money to pay them. So they were paying them in IOUs. They're straight up giving them IOUs. (laughs) And these are like paper IOUs. and, And that's what people were paid in. They could use those, like especially... One example was in Pennsylvania, where all this happens, is they could actually use them to pay off their taxes, like any of the taxes that they had coming from the state of Pennsylvania, with their IOUs. Like, mm. here you go. Uh, well, the state announces that they're going to stop taking it as, as currency. They'll stop taking the IOUs for taxes. Shit. They have to take cash. And everyone's like, we don't have cash. And so all of these wealthy speculators start buying up the IOUs from the men who served in the Continental Army. And they're buying them for one-sixth of the price that they're actually worth. One-fourth of the price. Yeah. Buying up all of them. And they bought up like 96% of these IOUs. And the guys who are doing this are actually like friends with Alexander Hamilton and uh, Robert Morris, Uh. who's also another. He was the uh, owner of the Bank of America. So they're all friends with him. And like they buy up all these IOUs and then they get the federal government to agree to pay them back at full price plus 6% interest. What the hell? Yep. So all those poor farmers who had to sell them to pay the taxes on their whiskey, the people who bought those became very, very rich. Yeah, very rich. Yeah. So that's one dick move on top of another dick move. And so whiskey, whiskey rebellion that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So these guys are getting dicked around the farmers and they're, they're not super excited about it. And so the federal government is sending tax collectors out to go collect the money. You can imagine how that goes over. Yeah. People love that. And so they're getting literally tarred and feathered. Like, this is an actual thing. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Yeah. Ow. Like, like second-degree burns covered in tar. Like, tarring and feathering is not... It's not a a good way to get a message through. Like, you should try using your words. Yeah. (laughs) Please do. Please use your words versus that. You know, some people deserve to be tarred and feathered, and some people, maybe you should talk to them. Yeah. Maybe Maybe you should talk to them. Yeah. Have a conversation about your issues. Like... Let's talk about your feelings. So yeah, tax collectors are getting tarred and feather, and and this gets back to Washington, and he's like, okay, well, we need to go do something about this. Uh, So they're sending in more tax collectors to try to get this money, and it all explodes in July of 1794, where 7,000 armed protesters, it it keeps growing, like more and more people keep showing up. Uh, 7,000 armed protesters end up camped outside of Pittsburgh, and they're going to take over Pittsburgh. Oh, boy. And Pittsburgh, like the representatives of Pittsburgh, this is awesome. They like send out a couple barrels full of whiskey to the guys camped outside Pittsburgh. They're like, dude, we totally hear you. Here you we go. totally affirm you. Here's some whiskey. Please don't burn our city. Okay, thanks. Bye. Mm-hmm. And the guys are like, awesome. And they drink all the whiskey and like forget to burn Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, it, like, that's what one does them. and you drink a couple barrels of whiskey. <laughs> Where are we here for? I don't know. Like they peaceably just like stumbled through pittsburgh and went on their way like the reason they didn't ransack pittsburgh is because pittsburgh got him drunk so well done pittsburgh <laughs> and so washington sends like a, a militia out there to like fight these guys he sends like twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. wow what? 
OB. Oh, this is, yeah. Now, now, yeah. now it's getting interesting. Yeah. And so all these guys are there ready for a fight. And then all, all the rioters and stuff weren't around anymore. Like they heard this was coming and they just noped right out of there. <laughs> no, we don't want them in trouble. Bye. Yeah. So the militia shows up and there's like nobody to fight. There's like three hungover guys who are still in the field. And that's like <laughs> it. But that's, that uh, quashed the Whiskey Rebellion. But they were the very first ones to like stand up and, and fight about a, a tax, a very, very unpopular, yeah. very difficult to good for uh, them yeah way to go western pennsylvania yeah but that whiskey tax you know jefferson was super against it because jefferson was kind of agrarian and contrarian he was both of those things mm-hmm. but he was super against it so when he comes into the white house in 1802 or as soon as he comes in he repeals the whiskey tax in 1802 one of the main reasons he did was because it was like really really hard to police and everybody kept getting tarred and feathered <sighs> and like that's just seems like Something's wrong no, here. <laughs> there's no amount of benefits that are going to make potential tarring and feathering A-OK. Yeah. How many tar and feather we got this week? Like, like you apply for a job and you're like, oh, it's got good dental, mm-hmm. vision. The benefits are amazing. Oh, that. Three weeks vacation. That's mm-hmm. great. Like must be able to lift 50 pounds, possible tarring and feathering. Oh. You're like, mm. <laughs> can we go back to that line for a sec? Yeah. I'm going to go home and talk to the wife. <laughs> can I call you tomorrow? Yeah. So talk to me about this tarring and feathering. Oh, it's a possibility. It's a possibility mm-hmm. in your job. Also, are you good on horseback? <laughs> What's this job? But you get a 401k. Yeah, but, but I don't want to be tired of other butt. I really but put some Benny's money away for here. retirement. Uh. <laughs> those, oh, my. Those poor guys. But, like, the taxing on whiskey is kind of super American. So, like, they got rid of it during Jefferson, right? And then... The War of 1812 comes around and they're like, oh shit, we got to pay for this. And so they bring back the, the whiskey tax just for the War of 1812. Sheesh. And then the war ends and they're like, JK. And it goes away. Yeah. Sorry. Just kidding. Nope. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of how they would do taxes for the first almost 100 years of our country is like they would only start collecting taxes like when the federal government was spending a lot on on the military and stuff. We didn't have a military industrial complex mm-hmm. and we didn't have, you know, standing armies and stuff like right. that. So, yeah. So then the Civil War comes. Spoiler. It's a war. Yeah. And they have to start the tax again. So they start the whiskey tax. And they actually add in beer this time. So it's just whiskey and beer. Beer joins the party. Yeah. Beer joined the party. And that was the the main funder of the Civil War was the whiskey tax. The whiskey tax has done, uh, well, it is a big part of American history. The first tax goes away, comes back. JK. Yeah. Goes away. Goes away, comes back. Comes back. It comes back so many times. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's like that movie, The Expendables. <laughs> You're like, I thought these guys went away a long time ago. No, they're back. <laughs> God. Oh, my gosh. So, thinking about liquor taxes since then, like what, what like state by state, yeah. what liquor tax has turned into. Oh, yeah. And I was just glancing down. It's, um, it seems like what's it? I see Washington State. They are just, just in liquor tax are paying $35.22 per gallon. Are you serious? Yeah. And the Holy next shit. in line is uh, Oregon at $22.73. Virginia, $19.19. Per gallon. Per gallon. That's how much you pay in liquor tax. Liquor tax. Um, my God. And then, uh, let's see, Wyoming and New Hampshire, they don't pay, they, they have no spirits excise tax. That's why there's giant liquor stores on the New Hampshire border. Straight up, there's a giant really? liquor store. Yeah. As soon as you drive into New Hampshire, there's a huge liquor store that's like, Bienvenidos, buy your shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking the, oh, well, 
I don't want to get too much into this, but North Carolina pays $12.36. From, I'm not going to make sure this is updated because I'm looking at it. You know what? It, it may have gone up since then. Tax is a big deal here. Well, that's actually one of the big reasons. So like my, one of my questions was like, okay, so we legalized homebrewing in 1978, I think, 1976, mm-hmm. something like that, during the Carter administration. So homebrewing became legal. So you can, you can brew beer at home. You can brew wine at home. Why can't you distill at home? Like, Good question. Why is why? distillation still illegal? Like, and the reason is taxes. That's a, the number one reason. And, and they're going to give you all these reasons about it being like dangerous and stuff. We'll get into that. Your average tax is $2.14 on a 750 milliliter bottle of, of spirits. Or you're dealing with you know twelve dollars a gallon or whatever it is. Uh, I have I, yeah, I have an update on the. Uh, I was I was looking. I'm digging a little farther here, and I found how high our spirit taxes are here. How it's high is our spirit? Actually, gone up to fourteen dollars and sixty three cents. Fourteen dollars and sixty three cents a gallon. A gallon. For comparison's sake, it's twenty one cents for a bottle of wine. What? And five cents per can of beer. So it's thirty cents. Per six pack of beer is the taxes collected on beer and wine. Yeah, wow. So liquor, the taxes on liquor is astronomical. In 2005, almost $5 billion of the federal excise taxes on alcohol came from legally produced spirits. $5 billion. Wow. So it's a huge, huge moneymaker. Yeah, it makes a lot government. of money for these states. Wowzers. Um, and that's one reason that distillation is illegal at home is because it makes too much money for the federal government. And so like, so the, like the liquor tax, right? Like this whiskey tax that we've had for a long time, it was 30 to 40% of the federal revenue in the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century. And so when the like prohibition movement was starting and the tempers movement was starting, everyone's like, yeah, that's not going to pass. That's 30, 40% of the revenue that's coming in like the federal government can't outlaw liquor like no. it, it it's what's funding it mm-hmm. and then they got the 16th amendment passed in 1913 it was one of the very last things during the administration of william howard taft shout out <laughs> so very end of taft's administration the 16th amendment gets passed and that's what creates our income tax oh and so the income tax was designed to replace the liquor tax so that they could outlaw liquor and still be making money but of course, when they legalized liquor again, they didn't get freaking rid of the income tax. And that's why we still have it. <laughs> Thanks, Taft. Thank you, Taft. Ugh. Hey, um, let's take a quick break. Let's take a break. Are we back? We're, we're already back. I just, oh, it's wow. easier to... Am I hearing myself? I'm not. I, I can hear you. It's because I, this one cable is, there I am, rocky like a hurricane. <laughs> Which is a later episode. Yes. Oh, the hurricane episode is going to be a funny one. All right. So I poured the dusty jar from your house. Oh, nice. How, how much you got there? Oh, that's a good amount. Yeah, that'll be good. Whew, there is nothing subtle about that smell. I'm going to grab the pineapple one here. Ooh, the one you're just guessing is pineapple? Yeah, I'm going to grab this one here. Yeah. Wow. Opening the jar. There we go. (laughs) Into, yeah, into the glass. All right. Woo, that face. (laughs) 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 It feels like like drinking a Kid Rock concert. Oh, yeah. Oof. 
That's strong. That's got kick. Little, it's got kick, but it's a little smooth at the end, actually. Oh, yeah, it just kind of sneaks up on you. Yeah, it punches you in the gut and then like pats you on the back. <laughs> All right, here goes. I'm going to try this one here, the pineapple. Oh, damn. That smells like pineapple and it tastes a little like pineapple. A little, I should say. <laughs> that face was amazing. Oh, man. Did, oh, boy. Does it have any notes of pineapple or is it just like, here's moonshine, also pineapple? Yeah, it kind of, it, it tastes like the pineapple section of a grocery store okay um have you ever seen how pineapples grow no i should look that up it'll blow your daggum mind like they're like little what i'm watching later they're like little bushes on the ground and they like come across their pineapples are like the the flower of it oh it's very strange interesting i hadn't ever thought about like how a pineapple grows i hadn't either actually until now as as you asked i'm like i don't know huh I don't have friends or a life, so I just look up stuff all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look this up later now. Yeah, this is, it feels like drinking a Facebook comment section. Oh, there's a lot, lot to unpackage there. Of like a local news channel. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, that's that comment section. Yeah. Oh, that no. That Facebook comment section. I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm also, oh. Oh, it definitely has that kick. But what we are drinking right now, we're going to call artisanal. Mm, that's the artisanal one. Artisanal moonshine. Oh, wow. <laughs> Both of us are just struggling right now. <laughs> I thought, I'm glad we're going to finish with the industry. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing against these artisanal ones. Yes. Again. Moonshine's got staying power. And by staying power, I mean it's, yeah, it you stays. stays where it is. It stays. Yeah, I was looking up some recipes and I see there's a, a shine margarita I found online. I could see it. I, yeah. I could see it taking the place of tequila. Yeah, absolutely. There's like a, a champagne cocktail. There's a cocktail with raspberries. We're not making any cocktails with moonshine. We are oh, just no. drinking just, moonshine. Just, yeah, just just sipping straight up moonshine. But looking that, I've heard you could all you know you you could if you wanted to re- replace it with vodka, tequila. I mean, I guess you could do anything with it. But I have I haven't tried them myself. I I, that, I take that back. I did have I do remember a time in Asheville where I had a aged like a barrel aged moonshine old fashioned. And it was all right. But yeah, I could see that. It was, I mean, it was good. It was just, I, I, I definitely got the old-fashioned, the other flavors of the old-fashioned. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I don't, I, mean, I, I can't find myself seeking them out, I should say. I don't look for those cocktails. I just kind of. Well, also what we're talking about with moonshine is not what's found in your local bar. Right. This yeah. is what's given to you by a neighbor or mm-hmm. given to you by a, a friend of a friend or a cousin or a friend of a cousin's cousin, mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's, it's something that kind of appears to you. Like a redneck tooth fairy. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It does appear to you, and you get it. Like you said, you can. it's gifted to you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I uh, think I'm going to dig into the one you have here. Oh, try it. Um, There's nothing subtle about it. That actually smells good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tasty. You can blow fireballs with it. Oh, cool. Can't wait. Here we go. Oh, little nip here. So oh, one of the big issues that they, they claim are, is the oh. dangerous about moonshine. See? It's strong. Sorry, I just made a face, everybody. Whoa. It has a real, um, it's got a warm mouth feel. Ah, um, ah damn it. I was going to work, I had to work that in. Sorry. Goddamn mouth feel. <laughs> I hate mouth I thought about feel. that today. How can I work in mouth feel? I'm so just, sorry, but I'm, I'm not sorry. It, the, it, it automatically makes me aware of how the inside of my mouth is doing. And I, I don't want to know how the inside of my mouth is doing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to think about the inside of my I don't. Mouth. I don't like that term either. I, I'm just like, ugh. Like, I just, 
Yeah, but one of the things about moonshine is that it's supposedly dangerous. Dangerous? Dangerous. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. And like dangerous, you'll find yourself on the roof of a house or without pants or all of how dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are all true, but it's also one of the one of the legitimate worries is lead poisoning. Oh, sure. And it's because there are some unscrupulous moonshiners who might try to use like a car radiator. I've heard of that. Ugh. Instead of the worm coil, they use a car radiator because it's actually a really efficient coil. But what, what's been in that radiator? You know, antifreeze. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that. I've heard Oof. things about that. I've heard it tastes good, but I also heard it, you know, kills you. Yeah, the after effects are bad. Um, so that's that's one of them. There's actually a, I loved this, one study in the Annals of Emergency Medicine found that more than half of moonshine drinkers have enough lead in their bloodstream to exceed what the CDC calls a level of concern. That's well put. Yeah, what's well, CDC subtlety? <laughs> It's a level of concern. A level, a level of concern. So that's one of the big ones is, is using lead pipes and, and lead tubing to distill your moonshine is a danger. And then the other one is menthol. Oh. And menthol is what will make you go blind or kill you. And so like when you're distilling, this comes back to the, your distilling process. The very first alcohol to come out your tap is menthol because menthol actually boils at a lower, a lower temperature than alcohol does. And so the first, and there, there's ratios of how much you need to pour out. The first bit that comes out your tap, you have to throw away because it's dangerous and it's bad and it doesn't taste good. And it smells very much like rubbing alcohol. Wait, did I say methanol or did I say menthol? I think I said menthol and I meant methanol, not the cigarettes. I mean, alcohol. It's, it's, you know, really bad yeah. for you. So you throw away what's, it's called the head. There's the head, the heart and the tail whenever you're distilling. So you throw away the head um, and the heart is that middle section of what you're distilling. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff that you want to keep. That's the safe, quote unquote, safer stuff to drink. Uh -huh. You still might end up without pants, but you'll still be able to see. Mm -hmm. That's um, good. And then the very last bit, the tail is also something you want to throw away because it's nasty. Again, you should distill it about three times in order to truly get alcohol, like solid moonshine. And like what we're drinking is great. And if you talk to a lot of moonshiners, they're like, I've never heard of anybody going blind from, from drinking illicit moonshine. Have you? I haven't ever. No. And we have it all over the place. Yeah, no, here. never heard of that. You don't hear of people going blind. You don't hear of people suffering any ill effects except bad hangovers. And so a lot of it is... Those are common. <laughs> which is true. It's, it's you know, their levels of concern that they'll raise and they're, they're valid, but they're very rare is really what the, I guess, the summation mm. of it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that could happen, but, you know. Yeah. Oh. A lot uh, of other things could, too. Of course, yeah. The pants thing is much, much more likely. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of, like, stories to, like, personal stories from moonshine experiences. Oh, God. I don't remember much of them. I'm not kidding. I've been thinking, like, I remember this the time I've had it, the times I've had it, to, like, to like more, more than just a sip. Like, full-on, like, you know, a few glasses. Yeah. Um. But yeah, wow, it, it's really, I mean, per, in my own personal history, it was more for like, you know, not, not just a sipping beverage on like, you know, Saturday evening. It was like, let's get fucked up. It is not a sipping beverage. No, that's it. It's got that kick, like you said. And it's like, it was, yeah, I don't look at it in the liquor cabinet and go like, you know, I'm just going to have a little something to sip tonight as I settle into some Netflix. It's like, let's get crazy. That's um, j j just me. So, no, that's what it's designed yeah. for. Like, yeah. moonshine is not designed to be sipped. It is not. 
as our faces, I'm sorry, you guys are listening, but as our faces have shown as we've sipped it, yeah, we're like, whoa. Ugh. No, it is, it is not for sipping, it's for drinking. And that's a very clear distinction. And I think almost any moonshiner will tell you that. Like, oh, no, if you're trying to sip this like a scotch, <laughs> you are drinking mm. it wrong. You know, I get notes of uh, um, rock and like stream rock, some crawdad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mm. Mm. Spring like water. misty mornings. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really nice spring. Oh, so I was going to tell you a story of uh, a famous moonshining town. Oh, yeah. And it's the story of Lost Cove. I've only been, I've only been by, by there. Um, you're probably you're about to explain this, but I, I've never been. I need to go. I've been on a river that goes by it, but I've never been to Lost Cove. Well, because it's super hard to get to. That's that's one reason. So Lost Cove is in North Carolina, but maybe Tennessee, but also North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. So it there's big questions about who settled it. and might have been people from Daniel Boone's uh, expedition that just decided to stick around and settled it. There's Nobody really knows. But it was definitely firmly established by the time the Civil War started. And it's on this bluff. Like, it's on top of a, a pretty high cliff mountain that overlooks the Nolichucky River. Yeah, that's the river I was on. Yep. And the Noli, as it's affectionately known, is a, is a pretty solid class 3-4 whitewater river and beautiful, but also very remote. And and it's right on the North Carolina-Tennessee border. And so they weren't even sure, this little tiny settlement, what county it was in, much less what state it was in. Ooh, that's confusing. And, yeah, and so... Remoteness plus questionable boundary equals perfect place for moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's never been any roads that go up there. There's no roads that have ever gone to the town. How do you access it? By foot or by horse. Foot or horse? Well, that's old-fashioned, um, yeah. There was one guy who had a truck at one point. <laughs> but that, that was it. There was one truck. It's still there. The truck is actually still crashed there. Oh, yeah, you I heard it. It was a, in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, yeah up, you can up see there. Um, And so the railroads came through at the turn of the 20th century. There's railroad tracks that run right next to the river. And so they were suddenly able to, like, take the train to town. And then they also had a brand new, like, Uh, brand new customers. Brand new customers, yeah. And so they would make their moonshine with extra kick is how the railroad guys liked it. And they were this moonshiner's town. And if the revenue guys ever showed up to bust it, they'd get arrested and they'd take them to the closest town, which is Asheville, which is a solid hour and a half, two hours away. That's the closest. (laughs) That's the closest. And the judge would be like... Yeah, I'm not sure they're in North Carolina. You got to take them to Tennessee after everything. And so they just would never get busted. Like, they never really got prosecuted for for making moonshine. And once the railroad stopped bringing people, there was a lumber town there for a while, too. They had, Mm -hmm. like, a a sawmill and stuff. But the last families moved out in 1957, and the town has just been abandoned ever since. Um, Do you know how many structures are still there? A bunch of them burned in 2007. Oh. So there's only a couple that are still standing, but there's still quite a few structures and houses would, and yeah, trucks. Yeah, if you go, it's like, this if you is go, Lost Cove. Yeah. yeah, you can find it. But here's the thing about getting to Lost Cove. <laughs> so there's three ways to get to Lost Cove. One is over the mountain from North Carolina. And that is a pretty heavy hike through a very, very active bear sanctuary. <laughs> okay so you can go that route go through an active bear sanctuary or (laughs) or uh you can park and hike three miles along the railroad tracks like when you you say along the like on the railroad on the railroad tracks i don't mean along i mean on and they are active railroad tracks very active railroad tracks and on one side of the tracks is a very very steep cliff 
And on the other side of the tracks is a drop into a class four whitewater river. And there's oh several bridges that you have gosh. to go over. On the railroad track. Uh-huh. So you're going to oh. be on a bridge with active trains coming at you. And the third way to get there is to paddle the class three, class four river and catch a very, very small takeout that has no signs. You just have to know it's there and hopefully stash your boat and then do the hike up from there. So it's real easy to get to. Really place. super easy to get to. You and the kids can do it in the oh, afternoon. Just a afternoon trip. Just a, just a jaunt. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not, definitely not easy to get to, oh. uh, but it is considered one of the, the more predominant ghost towns in the area. That's awesome. It's Lost Cove. I'd love to somehow get there. I think uh, as, as you've given me these options, I'm thinking, how? How can I get there? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. So if I wanted to get to Lost Cove, I'm going to give a hard pass on the railroad track route. Hard yeah, pass on that Yeah, one. that's, yeah, I, I've seen Stand By Me. Yeah. Didn't look like a lot of fun. I will take right the bears. Yeah, I'll take the bears. I'll grow uh, the beard out. Yeah. And be just like, hey guys, just, just hanging out. Just be cool. I mean, I paddle so I could do the river, but I mean, uh, that's how we've, we've done it before too, is just paddle uh, in. Bears are, uh, you know, the bear sanctuary uh, is also still not a, not a hundred percent a great option to get to Lost Cove. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go, um rafting first yeah i'll join you there yeah and then i'm gonna i think uh maybe do bear sanctuary and then very bottom i'm gonna go oh wes is wes cracking is... into the uh, uh industrial moonshine well this is a good segue we can talk about some industrial moonshine what's the difference between artisanal and industrial moonshine uh i uh heard a, a story recently where the the big difference between industrial and uh, artisanal is the water what do you mean um, I had the, the guy was like, well, and the, oh, that's a big pour. <laughs> For, oh, oh God. The guy did say, he's like, man, you know, you don't want the city water. You don't want that chlorine and city water to be in your moonshine. I was like, oh. And he said, you have like, you know, spring water, the plants, the, it's, it's like a- animals going through it. He did say animals. I was like, ugh. But it's like just in nature. It's just a better source. It's earthy. It's earthy. Yeah. He's like, it's a better source. Like, oh, what about that? Thought about it that way. But I was like, oh yeah, you're totally probably right. I would assume that the, the water is a big part. The quality of the oh, water sure. is a big yeah. part of, of what makes moonshine. And Wes is just regretting everything in his life. He's just I'm staring so, at this glass. Oh, I'm just looking at it now. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, God. This one uh, says it's 103 proof. You know, wow. It doesn't have the kick. Yeah. Of the other ones, of course. I mean, I'm not like shocked. Like, but it's like, yeah, it doesn't have that kick. It's It's fragrant. Yeah, it's but kind it's kind of like mm. a cinnamon. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I got like a peanutty flavor. What is that? Yeah, I don't know what like that is. Like a nutty flavor. Yeah. Also, I don't have a refined palate at all, so I can I don't, always be entirely I could wrong. be talking about like cedar planks, berries. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Uh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. It's different for sure. It it's doesn't very have that different. Hit. Yeah. Interesting root. Yeah, that's a that's a novelty. It does kind of piss me off that all legalized moonshines are selling shit in jars. Yeah. It's to it it feels like it's it's playing on that stereotype. Yeah, exactly. There there are a few that don't, but there are some that are just blatantly like jars or like little mini jugs, if you will, like oh. little, little, little finger. Yeah, those guys can eat a bag of yeah. dicks. That's just. And some are not in the jar. They're like in like a nicer bottle. Like the packaging is different. Which I can appreciate because if yeah. you're going to distill something, at least be proud of your product right. and don't try to dumb it down. Like it's just, yeah, it's playing on that stereotype. It's trying to play to that redneck ideal. And I don't know, that annoys me. So the first legal moonshine distillery, in case you're wondering, opened in 1988 
in Culpeper, Virginia. Where, I was going to say, where was that? Shout out, Virginia. Shout out, Commonwealth. <laughs> the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth of Virginia, my home sweet home. Um, and it's Belmont Farm Distillery. Oh. And they are still uh, distilling today. Mm-hmm. And they are not using jars. Thank you very much. Actually, their moonshine might be in jars, so I might take that back. But their whiskey is not. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there's an attempt to, to help sell it with, with the jar cause, because of the stereotype. Yeah. It may sell better for some companies to have that jar. Because, again, a lot of consumers just associate that, like that jar, that look with moonshining. I get, I get the marketing standpoint of right. it. Right, yeah. Because it is, if you were just to like see a jar of like, hey, corn liquor, yeah. unaged corn liquor, you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> what, what, why? I have what? many, many questions <laughs> like what and why. How? How? <laughs> all, all the questions all come into the... play. Hmm, how? Why? Who? Who? <laughs> huh? Uh, so I, I, I get the marketing yeah. element of it. It's just, it feels like, it, it feels like reverse Alexander Hamilton. Like people in cities making money off of people in the country again, mm-hmm. like the traditions or, or elements of the country, and then people in, in city areas making that. And a lot of these moonshines are made in North, in North Carolina. They're all kind of put with each other, like side by side. So you'll see a lot of the jar, 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 yeah. and then maybe like a little tall, pretty bottle, jar, tall, maybe pretty yeah. bottle. So jar, 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 binks. binks. I jar, call, jar. I, yeah, I, say, I, I call like... myself a jar, 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 jar. Yeah, Misa see lots of moonshine. <laughs> oh God damn. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Well, that, I'm going to have to ask, ask the question. Who do we think should drink moonshine? Oh, last call. Who? Oh, we're in the last, oh, it is last, in the last call. call. We're in the oh, last call. I thought it would be a good segue into that of, uh, who, you know, yeah. since these companies are selling who? it. So I have a couple people I think should drink moonshine. Okay. Um, the first is bearded men in suspenders who are in weddings. Oh, yeah. That who, have their weddings in barns, Who maybe? have their weddings in barns and give jars of moonshine to all of their groomsmen as a souvenir of, oh of being in Western North Carolina. Yeah. They will open those jars, and they will have exactly four sips of it, and then they will wince a whole lot, mm-hmm. and then they will feel like men, and they will twirl their very manicured beards, and then they will probably listen to Mumford and Sons. Yeah, this uh, this particular jar tastes like beard wax. It, t- it tastes <laughs> like, Ugh. okay. No, that that's funny. I, it's I, I'm picturing exactly what you're talking. Yeah, you about. know. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, and he's wearing like boots that have never been outside. Yeah, and I picture like that very farm to table look outside with like the tablecloth, the field, the background backdrop of mountains. Yeah, a, a lot of string lights. Mm-hmm, lots of string lights. Yeah, and then artisanal moonshine. In, in jars given to the, the groomsmen um, for, for people who have never actually lived outside yeah. or, or done anything outside. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they will take that jar home to their, their very small apartment in Brooklyn, and they will talk <laughs> about that one time that they ventured into yeah. the, the scary south. I've now opened the uh, apple pie moonshine. Oh, this is the commercial apple pie. Apple, yeah. I'm going to try it having the uh, artisanal. Uh, who do you think should drink moonshine, Wes? Well, it, it kind of it plays into the next question of where should – you drink moonshine because I feel like for me the like moonshine is a small gathering kind of thing like like you and me right now or I've been to like a friend yeah a friend's house if it's like a small house party and someone's like you want some moonshine or like I've got some in the freezer and you step up to the freezer with the freezer door open and you're both sipping it or multiple people are yeah I, I always feel like it's been just that small gathering 
The it's small a, it's a campfire people. drink. A campfire drink, yeah. But uh, it, it's it, also like your your uh, racist uncle's drink. Racist uncle, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to hold back. Yeah, it's it's that too. So don't hold back on racist uncle. I, okay, I won't. I'll, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll change my mindset. Where do, where do you think it should be dry? So you said well, it, campfire. Campfire campfire is is the number one place I think moonshine is is that passing that jar around. Campfire. A real communal feeling. To yeah, it. Like, it, there there, there is. Are. It's not the thing you drink at home by yourself because mm-hmm. it's horrible. So you got to pass it around. Uh, again, I don't go to the liquor cabinet and go. There's the moonshine I want right there. Yeah, there's it. There's nothing subtle about it. It's about as subtle as like the ultra blast Doritos. Like <laughs> oh, that's very subtle. <laughs> yeah. You just you're you're not eating Doritos for the the flavor profile. You're eating Doritos because you want Doritos. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the flavor profile of Doritos. It's the first time I've ever heard that. You're like, okay, I'm getting notes of cool, and now I'm getting notes mm. of ranch. Ooh, that just really picked Ooh, up. And, and back then, end. That's just hot. the very end, just a little bit more of the cool, and then there's a bite of the crunch. Actually, now I want somebody to do a flavor profile of Doritos. Oh, yeah. No, I good. actually want to, I want to hear that. Yeah, now I want Doritos. It's good. <laughs> I think Moonshine, yeah, it has that communal element to it. So you want to drink it with people, and it's it's sitting around. It's always with always people. Always with people, yeah. Um, who should I think, who do, who do I think should drink Moonshine besides hipsters in a wedding? Yeah, it's your racist uncle. Mm-hmm. He drinks Moonshine. I have to say, um, I just had the apple pie. It's tasty. It is sweet. It's yummy. <laughs> As I, I <laughs> followed up with, Bleh. yeah, it's, I, it's, I feel like I feel like my mouth just got it's not like it's not aggressively assaulted by a cinnamon stick. Yeah, my stomach right now feels like I swallowed a miniature kangaroo. It is I'm just fighting its to, way. Yeah, out. I'm like like alien. It's about to pop out. I don't know. Whew. This moonshine tastes like if you were to tell someone who's never had apple pie before what apple pie should taste like. Uh-huh. Like you're like, well, it should have these flavors. It tastes like people melted cinnamon red hots mm-hmm. in a barrel of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The artisanal one, on the other hand, was great. Oh, that like, was delicious. That was really good. It also has apples in it. Yeah, you it's can got, see we're looking the at apples. floating apples right now. Yeah, this, it just, it tastes like, yeah, I, I imagine like a, cinnamon jolly rancher like what's another cinnamon candy red, red hot oh big that's what it is <laughs> it tastes like big big red gum got stuck on the bottom of a granny smith and it's the only thing in your car and you're stuck there oof yeah there's a big red flavor to it it's definitely big red gum we're not sponsored by big red no gum. we're not sorry wrigley wow uh, did we do them all is that have we had everything yet i don't know uh, well i haven't tried the pineapple i gotta try oh, the right, pineapple. There you go. oh god lord Pass help me one, two, three, four, five. Do you feel six, like you've seven, you've learned eight. something about moonshine? What what have you learned tonight? I really enjoyed the story about um, whiskey rebellion, or also known as the whiskey insurrection. Yes. Yeah, it, I, I love the idea. Well, I mean, the idea of like the first tax in our country yeah. in the union it went away, came back, went away, came back, went away, came back. Um, and yeah, stayed. But like, like you said, um, I just full disclosure, I had the stereotypes in my head when we talked about this episode initially like what in my head i thought what moonshine was and there's so much history and we were just we're doing like again just the tipple podcast here yeah. there's you know if you want to go on your own and look at home it's there's a lot out there yeah i we, we were my body's rebelling <laughs> no my body's like is that what burping. you're saying your stomach uh, yeah my stomach my burping i'm like oh god Oof. everything's angry yeah oh. 
Well, yeah, I think when we first pitched this episode, the idea was we're like, oh, it's going to be funny to listen to us talk about right. like yeah. the burning of moonshine. But I feel like we haven't really, It's it's been more like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. Okay, I'm going to try the pineapple. Okay. This tastes like angry fruit loops. Yeah. Like, it's fruity. It's fruity. In a but pissed off kind of way. It's like if Toucan Sam's older uncle, who's, <laughs> who's just like, fuck your fruit, man. Toucan Samuel. Yeah. Fuck this. Toucan Dennis. <laughs> Toucan Dennis. <laughs> what is this shit? Ah, fruit. Back in my day, those loops, those loops aren't fruity. Them fruity loops, man. They got them fruity loops. We didn't have them. Earthy loops. We we had some real loops, man. We went out in the field. We caught them loops. Ourselves, barefoot. We had wild loops. That's right. Just with our wings. Yeah, it's pineapple. Yeah. Um, any any other thoughts for last call? No, no. I'm I'm actually I've had a busy week, and I'm 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 gonna look more into moonshine too, because I mean, kind of we talked a lot about it, and there's a lot to learn still. Because there's just it's just so much to that history and that culture in Western North Carolina, parts of Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, it's and Pennsylvania. Pen- we learned in Pennsylvania. That's right. So yeah, there's just so so much to it. I and do I feel like a, this is a moonshine part one. I feel like we'll maybe yeah we have to come back. <laughs> My body's definitely responding to it. So <laughs> yeah, Wes, Wes showed up today and he was like, I do not really want to drink today. I I don't want to have this. I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna do tiny drinks. So he's he's a trooper for for sticking sticking with us tonight, but. Hey, if you guys have uh, a chance to try moonshine, do it. Um, yeah. It, it's worth it checking out and, and doing more research on the, the Whiskey Rebellion and reading about how Alexander Hamilton was a, a giant dick. But, um, you know, here's the thing about history. is It's really important to understand that everybody in history is human. And so there's really, really good things about people and there's really, really terrible things about people. And it's trying to balance those things and figuring out, well, they don't negate each other at all. But are we going to celebrate the good things about them while completely acknowledging and recognizing the terrible things about them? Like Hamilton is a great example of that. Like, yeah, he helped build our financial system to become what it is today. And that's amazing. And the New York Post, the Coast Guard, he did these great things. But he also totally dicked over the farmers of America. And he totally ignored what was happening with the poor people in our country. And he did a lot of other terrible things. They don't negate each other. They just make a whole person. And history is just really complicated in that way. And so I I do encourage you, if you ever learn about history, remember that you're people and everybody's different. Anyway, um, fuck, there's a lot of moonshine on this table. There is, yeah, a lot of moonshine. Um, go to our Instagram account to look for photos. <laughs> I will I will post pictures. Guys, um, we are on all platforms. We're wow, on... that's right. Yes, Yay. We're, now, we're now official. It's a thing. Hey, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. I'm an Android user. I don't know. Um, uh, Hey, if you listen to us on Apple, please like and subscribe and comment. Comments mean a whole lot. They help us jump up in the ratings. They they help make us appear to other people. Um, We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're we're everywhere podcasts are sold or listened to or distributed. Uh, We're on Twitter at JT Tipple Pod. We're on Instagram at Just the Tipple Pod. Hey, if you have suggestions or questions, we're going to do a Q and A episode. So if you have any uh, cues that you'd like us to a please submit to just the tipple pod at gmail.com you can visit our website at just the tipple and you can follow wes on twitter 
at Twitter is uh, at Thirty Minutes or Wes. He's Thirty Minutes or Wes. I'm Triple S Puna, SSS Puna. Uh, <laughs> I might need to change it just because it's so awkward to say on air. <laughs> but it's Triple S Puna. Um, you can follow us, guys. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear. Uh, what you guys are thinking and anything else like that. Any uh, last call? Any yeah. any last thoughts, Wes? No, thank you for listening, guys. And cheers. Cheers. And uh, we'll get the next round. Woohoo. Wee.